0: Well, all right, this morning we're starting into a a new series, and it's it's called I-Faith. And we're going to look at this issue of faith, and we're going to look at what faith is. And and to do that, we're going to take the life of Abraham. Now listen, the Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 11 that Abraham lived his life in such a way that Scripture says that Abraham demonstrated for all of us what faith is. So if we want to know what faith is and if we want to know know how to demonstrate faith in our life, then Abraham is probably the individual that we should look into his life because Hebrews tells us this, that he lived a life in such a way that he demonstrated for us what it means to live a life in faith. So over the next several weeks, we're just going to look at this one topic of faith because for a breakthrough to happen in your life and a breakthrough to happen in a ministry, a lot of times there comes a point where God is asking us just to take a faith act or take a faith step and to trust him. There are some things in life that unless you experience it for yourself, you truly can't understand it. Whether it's maybe losing a loved one, maybe it's losing a job, Maybe it's a health issue, maybe it's a breakup in a relationship, maybe it's a downsizing in a company, maybe it's a struggle that you go through, but there are some things in life that you truly cannot appreciate or understand until you yourself have experienced that. Walking by faith is one of those things. That until you truly begin to walk in faith, not by sight, and to trust him, it is hard for you to appreciate Abraham's life or maybe some other people around you who have aligned their life in such a way with God that they walk in faith because there are some things for us to truly understand and truly grasp it takes for us to experience it. A.W. Tozer has written many books, and here a while back or many years ago, A.W. Tozer defined out faith for us, and he said this. He said, faith is this, true faith is this, is an unshakable trust in the character of God. That, that, that faith is not dependent upon circumstances, situation, the economic system, uh, your intellect, your ability, your talents, your gifts. But true faith is this true faith is this unshakable trust that rests in the character of God. See, what really happens a lot of times, many times when we struggle with this issue of faith, the root issue is we're struggling with God. Is he good? Can he be trusted? Because true faith rests in the the character of God. fact is, Hebrews chapter 11 gives us a definition for faith. Watch this. It's just a working definition. In verse 6, here's what the scripture says. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. You get that, right? You notice that, right? Without faith. Without walking in faith in your life. Without placing your trust in the character, in the the, the promises of God, it is impossible to please him. And then he goes on and gives a little bit more clear definition. He says, for whoever would draw near to God must first, here's the first one, must believe that he exists and that he rewards those. He blesses those that are obedient to him. He blesses those and rewards those that, that seek him and follow him. You see, true faith is this unshakable trust in a holy and a, a righteous God. And maybe many of us are like the, 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 the man in Mark chapter 9. And this man's son was, was terminally ill. And he, he went to Jesus. And he, he, he made a statement to Jesus. And, and he said, Jesus, if you can, would you heal my son? And Jesus responded back pretty strongly. And Jesus says, if you can, if I can, for him who believes, all things are possible. And this man was so transparent that may reflect some of the emotions or thoughts that we have. And this man responded back and said, Jesus, I do believe. Help me with my unbelief. You ever felt like that? Man, I, I... I do believe. But help me with my unbelief. I 60% believe. But this other 40% over here is mixed with some fear and some doubt. Could you help me with my unbelief? Remember what Jesus told the disciples in Luke chapter 17? And, and the disciples asked Jesus and says, would, would you just increase our faith? And Jesus said, start using the faith you have. What's interesting about this story in Mark chapter 9 is this, this man admitted, he says, I do believe, but help me with my unbelief. And Jesus healed his son. You don't think that man was different? You don't think that man that day increased his faith? You you know how you increase your faith? Start walking in faith. Start trusting him. There are many times that people stay paralyzed because their root issue is they're still wondering, is he good? Can he be trusted? Does he really reward those who align their life with him and who, who follow him? You see, this issue about the Christian life, many people want to make the Christian life or, or the spiritual life vague or uh, to where it's so vague that it doesn't tie to actions. See Jesus when he talked about the Christian life, he was very concrete. He was very concrete about the Christian life. There's some people that just want it so vague that it really doesn't tie to actions. It really doesn't tie to anything. It's just something that you believe. It's just something that you decide. It's just something that you you feel. That was never the Christianity that Jesus talked about. That was never what Jesus described it took for a Christ follower or disciple of Christ. Jesus was always very concrete about the Christian life. It wasn't abstract at all. It wasn't vague at all. I mean, Jesus said things like, they will know you by the way you love others. You follow me, they will know you by the fruit of your life. You hate your brother, how can you say the love of the Father is in you? You see someone in need and you say, I'll pray for you and hope that you're well fed. And you don't try to meet that need. See, Jesus was really concrete about the spiritual life, about the Christian life, about what it meant to be a Christ follower, what it meant to be a the disciple of his and you find in Genesis chapter 12, you find this life of this man by the name of Abraham. And in verse 1, the scripture says, this, this, is when, this is when God calls Abraham. He said, Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred. In other words, leave your family, leave your country, leave your culture. Abraham was very wealthy. He was very prosperous. Uh, He was comfortable. He had a comfortable lifestyle where he was. And your father's house. And then you are to go to the land I will show you. You're to go. See, Abraham began to align his life with God. See, the call on your life and the call on my life always originates with God. It always originates to follow him and just to be a obedient to him. Now, many times the Hebrew writers, it was a literary form in, in the Hebrew language to where when they would, we would talk about someone's life, they would use kind of like bookends. And, and you could get some insight into their life, into the insight into the word, when you look at the first part of what's written about their life and the last part. Genesis chapter 1, uh, chapter 12, verse 1, uh, God tells Abraham, Go to a land I will show you. In other words, walk in faith. Make a faith step, walk in faith, continue to walk. Just trust me. Genesis chapter 22, the end, towards the end of Abraham's life, God tells him, take your son, Isaac. You know what he's communicating? He was communicating that the Christian life is a walk of faith. That's why it's called a, the Christian walk. It's a life of faith. It's a life of trust in him, regardless of how young or old we never get to the place to where we're comfortable, to where we live our life in such a way that we no longer have to trust him. We no longer have to walk in faith. From the beginning of Abraham's life or his ministry to the end, Abraham was still told the same things, go, trust, walk with me, go to a land that I will will show you. See, you and I cannot fall in love with the way things are. Because change will become a bad word for you. And the next step is, you'll be irrelevant. And you'll no longer reach people. See, we as humans and we as people, we just want to get to the place to where we're, where we're comfortable. And to where we have comfort. But all through Abraham's life, it was go, take, trust, follow Walk by faith, not by sight. And so over the next several weeks, we're going to look at this issue of faith, and we're going to understand what it means to live a life of faith. There's three principles that I can pull out for you this morning. The first one is this, is that we believe God's promises, so we believe He is good. We believe His promises are good. We believe that He can be trusted because faith is what? Faith is a belief in the character of God. It is a trust in His character. We believe God's promises, watch this, even though it seems impossible to us. Verse 2, the scripture says, and I will make you a great nation. Listen, with every call, there comes a promise. With my call and Karen's call to come to Pueblo, Colorado, there was a call and there was a promise associated with that call. And in December the 10th and 11th, we'll be doing Compassion Weekend here, and I'm just telling you, do not miss it. God took me all the way to, to Peru to uh, reaffirm the call that he gave Karen and I in 1995, and we're going to talk about this in relationship to what we're going to do in Peru, but I'm telling you, every call is associated with a promise. And, and God told Abraham, he says, "Go into and, and a land that I will show you, and I will make you and I'll make you great nations." I'll give you descendants, I'll give you children. Now listen, this seemed impossible to Abraham. Abraham is of the age of 75, his wife is 65. They've never been able to have children in their life. Not only that, they're past the childbearing years in their life. And God now tells them, go and I will bless you, go and I will make you a great nation. This had to seem impossible to Abraham. Abraham. And the scripture tells us in Romans that, that faith wasn't for Abraham, that you just ignored the facts. You just had this Pollyanna faith and you just acted like the facts didn't exist. No, what we find in Romans with a person that has great faith, they understand the facts, they look at the facts, but they move ahead in spite of the facts because they trust God more than their situation and more than their circumstances. Because true faith is this issue of, man, it's trust in the character of God. It's trust in that that he is good. See, if we're not careful, refusing to embrace the uncomfortable in, in your life will lead you to unfaithfulness. There's a lot of us as you, we just want to be comfortable. There's a lot of times that God calls us to move out in an area out of our comfort. Can you imagine Abraham lived his whole life there, had his family around him, had his income there. Uh, Understood the culture. He didn't have to learn another culture. He didn't have to fight any battles. He could have lived there and been comfortable. But he would have been unfaithful. Abraham lived a life of faith, and he was willing to be uncomfortable so he could be faithful. You see, God revealed himself directly to Abraham. In the time and place that we live now, God reveals himself. How? Through his word. Watch this. Hebrews chapter 11. He says, long ago, and at many times, in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us. How? By his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through, through, whom, uh, through whom all Also, he created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word. He is powerful. He is strong. He created this world effortless. Why do we trust him? Because he is good. Because he is powerful. He created this world and it was effortless. It was a word. It was a a spoken word. And he goes on and he says imprint of his nature and upholds the universe by word of his power after making purification for sins Jesus sat down at the right hand of the majesty on on high and we don't see Jesus physically but he reveals himself to us through his word see the Bible is the self revelation of God it is God revealing himself to men and women See, Abraham made his time count with God. I mean, Abraham, for him, when he spent time with God, it wasn't this time where God was like this vending machine in the sky, and he says, God, I'm going to push this button. This is what I want to come out. I want instant gratification, and I want you to take care of this in my relationship, and this in my marriage, and this with my children, and this with my profession, and this with the economy, and this with this situation, where it was a one-way conversation. No, with Abraham, it was a two-way conversation. To where he heard from him. And he took his al- his life and aligned it. And we have his word, and this word reveals God to us and how we respond to us. It reveals his character to us so that we know that he is good and we know that we can trust him. And Romans 17 says this. It says, For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith as it is written. The righteous shall live how? The righteous shall live not by sight, but the righteous live how? They live by faith, and they trust in the character of God, knowing that he is good. Listen, you cannot know God is good if you don't read his word. You cannot know who he is if you don't read his word. Listen, I'm telling you, Abraham life-journaled. He's like the first one to do it. And we life-journal here. So we just take his word... And we daily, we read it and we apply it to our life. Because listen, if you don't know the character of God, if you don't know the promise that he offers you, how can you trust him? How can you know that he is good? All through scripture is stories about men and women to where we find that God can be trusted and God is good. Noah, remember Noah? God told Noah, says, Noah, if you will build an ark, a boat, it had never rained at that point. No need for a boat. And God told Noah, Noah, you build a boat? I'll save. I'll save you and your family. People tell us that have put, put dimensions to what is described in the Bible of what God gave Noah to build a boat, that the boat would not only float, but the boat would contain and carry all of the animals. And Noah built the ark. Even though it seemed impossible, people in his community laughed at him and made fun of him. Even his own family doubted from time to time. And it rained, and God saved his family. God told Moses, said, Moses, you go to Pharaoh, and you tell Pharaoh, you let my people go. And we will free two million Israelite slaves. It was a picture of redemption. It was a picture of what it means to be redeemed. Uh, Don't forget what God told Moses there when he says, you go talk to Pharaoh. He said, you tell Pharaoh this. You tell Pharaoh, Pharaoh, let my people go. Why? So they may worship me. So they will worship me. You know why you've been redeemed? So you would worship him. You have been redeemed. So that you would come and worship him and give him honor and give him glory. And Pharaoh, even though it seemed impossible, he went to i mean, uh, uh, Moses. And even though it seemed impossible, he went to Pharaoh and he said, and God did it. Joshua. God told Joshua, Joshua, you're going to take that city. And here's how you're going to take this city. Not by force and not by might and not by military strength. You're going to march around the city seven times. And the walls are going to come down. And God did exactly for Joshua what he said he would, Gideon, he told Gideon, Gideon, you're going to take 300 men. you're going to come up against thousands. And you're going to win this in battle in such a way that they're going to say that 300 men couldn't have done it. God had to be involved. And Gideon trusted him. And God did exactly what he said. He took, he took Elijah. It hadn't rained in over three years. He tells Elijah, here's what you... It rain." He told David, listen, we, we could just go on. He told David, when David was a young shepherd boy, to David, one day you're going to inherit the, the, the throne from... King Saul and exactly what God said he did he told the children of Israel one day I'm going to bring you a redeemer and I'm going to set you free and exactly what God said he would do he did Jesus told a group of followers that I'm going to die and I'm going to be crucified But on the third day, I'm going to rise again for the forgiveness of your sins. And he so wanted them to know that he appeared to them after that and gave them evidence so that they would know that what I say will happen will happen. See, faith is not abstract and it's not vague and it's not weird. Faith is this. Faith is this unshakable trust, not in circumstances, not in situations, not in people, not in economies, not in governments, not in people around you. True faith is this unshakable trust in the, in the character of God. Amen. That we believe that His promises are true. When we read those promises, that trust in me, and I'll supply every one of your needs. I am close to the brokenhearted. Give, and it will be given to you. Second thing is this. We believe. God's promises even when the future seems uncertain but because the righteous walk by faith not by sight as we just continue reading now the Lord God said to to Abraham go from your your country and your kindred and and your father's house let me just stop right here Uh, let's just understand each other you know what uh, I've felt in the last two services, I've just kind of missed something and, and maybe this is it here. Uh, sometimes we look at maybe some people's lives and, and uh, or we, we read something in the scripture and says, well, that guy, I could never do that because that guy probably walked in perfection. Or maybe we look at earthly relationships and we see people that trust God and they're, they're walking by fi- faith and not by sight. And we're going, you know what? That person, that man, that woman... They're they're walking in perfection. I could never do that. I could never live up to that. Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. Here's what God asked him to do. Go from your country and your kindred. In other words, leave your family. Abraham took Lot with him. And Lot caused him some problems. Abraham was faithful. But he wasn't perfect. And he paid a price. Because God told Abraham, you leave everyone. And Abraham felt like maybe he needed an insurance policy. I'm telling you, when we begin walking in faith and taking that faith step our faith begins to grow to where you can even look at Abraham's life and see that he lived life totally different from Genesis chapter 12 to Genesis chapter 22 because of the history that he had with God and then he gives a promise verse 2 and I will make you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing okay so we are blessed to be a blessing I will bless those who bless you and and him who dishonors you I will curse and in in you all families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abraham went, that's important, as the Lord had had told him and here we go, Lot went with him. And Abraham was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Verse 4, we find that God tells Abraham to go and and the scripture says so he went so he did it he he, he didn't procrastinate I I don't know about you but I've I've learned this in life that procrastination does not make the situation better it makes it worse (laughs) procrastination ever relieve any stress out of your life? no, it gives you more procrastination ever give you less fear? no, it gives you more fear When you know you need to confront someone, when you know you need to talk with someone, when you know you need to have that hard conversation, when you know you need to make that decision in your life, and you procrastinate about that decision, it does not make that decision any easier, right? Fact is, it makes it the opposite. It makes it harder. It doesn't relieve stress. It gives stress. But you find that Abraham must have known that, must have known that procrastination is not good in life. So verse 4, it says that, so Abraham just goes. In other words, we learned that in, in Romans chapter 12, that Abraham had great fear. But he moved ahead in spite of his fear. You know what I've learned about faith? Faith is not the absence of fear. Faith is trusting God in the character of God to where you're willing to believe in the character of God more than let your fear talk to you or have a barrier in your life. There's some things in life that fear does. I mean, fear, if you're not careful, fear has a voice. And fear will speak into your life. And fear will keep you from doing some things that God has called you to do. I mean, I've watched fear in people's lives or my own life and found out that, you know what? Fear, if you're not careful, will make you skeptical. Fear will make you selfish. Because you really don't know that God will supply all your needs. You really will believe that your resources are limited. And it will make you hang on to what you got. Fear will keep you from trying anything new because you just want to be comfortable. But if you're not careful, it will lead you to unfaithfulness. Fear will keep you from committing to God in ministry and others. I can't commit to that ministry. I can't commit to serving in that area. I don't know what tomorrow holds. I don't know what my circumstances are. Listen, you never let your circumstances dictate your level of service to him. There are so many people that live their life and they allow their circumstances and their situations to dictate their level of ministry and service. It's never in Scripture. Abraham got that. Abraham understood that. Fear will keep you from committing, making great commitments in your life because you don't know what tomorrow holds. Fear will make you short-sighted. Instead of walking by faith, not by sight, you begin walking by sight, not by faith because of fear, because the future is uncertain, and you're robbing yourself. I'm just telling you. When you are paralyzed in that, you are robbing yourself of blessings in your life that only comes for him or her, that walks by faith and not by sight, and trust in the character of God, Fear will make you, if you're not careful, fear will make you focus on the past and not on the future. And you can't get past all the past hurt and pain and disappointments and sin and junk and stuff. Listen, your past is a prison. You live in your past, you'll be a prisoner there, you will die there. But faith. Abraham did not focus on his fear. Abraham focused on his... Faith and the character of God—it's—it's always risky to move. It's always risky to trust. Can you imagine for Abraham, seventy-five years old? See, there's something about human nature that the older get, we get the more comfortable we want to be. Can you imagine what it was like for Abraham at seventy-five years of age to move an entire family? to a different culture just trusting yeah faith is risky but there are blessings associated with that you will only know Hebrews eleven eight says this by faith Abraham ho- uh, obeyed uh, when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance so there's a blessing in obedience and he went out not knowing where he was going that is faith the last thing is this is we believe God's promises even though the circumstances are not perfect. There are so many people that bought into this false belief that if I'm in the will of God, then everything's gonna work out in my life and the circumstances are gonna work out, and the circumstances and there's not gonna be any pain. And I'm gonna tell you what even in the perfect will of God there are still difficult circumstances, and you never let your circumstances determine your level of commitment to God. In your service. Verse 6, it says that Abraham passed through the land of, of Shechem and to the, to the Oak of Moriah. And, and then he learns that the Canaanites are in the land. God never told him the Canaanites were going to be in the land. He didn't sign up for that. He didn't sign up for having to displace some angry, mean, vengeful people out of the land you never see in Abraham's life that he's mad he's upset God may have you in some less than perfect circumstances right now maybe it's not your plan and maybe it's not the plan that you had for your life so that you trust him so that you would seek him, so that you would know that he is your provider. He is the one that provides for you and, and not you. And so watch this. And so verse 7, then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring I will give you this land. So watch what Abraham does. So I built an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. From there he moved to the hill country on the east of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. And there, here we go again, and there Abraham built an altar to the Lord. Why? And called upon the name of the Lord. Why? So he could worship him. We have been redeemed to worship him. And Abraham understood this dynamic in in how critical worship is to your spiritual life and to his spiritual life. And he just sat and just worshipped him and remembered that he was faithful and he is good. And he will provide for him. Real faith is trusting God in spite of difficult circumstances. Real faith is trusting God in spite of less than perfect circumstances. In life, when we get into those times, we, we all have to answer that question. Are we going to stay faithful? Are we going to walk by faith? Are we going to cave? When you go through hurt and disappointment, you have a choice. Will I continue to believe? Will I continue to obey? Do I believe in the character of God? That's unshakable? When your health breaks, and you get a difficult report back from a doctor. As a Christ follower, you and I have a decision to make. We're going to continue to believe? We're going to continue to stay faithful and follow Him, even though the conditions are less than perfect? When you lose a job, you have a decision to make. You're going to stay faithful and obey. When you've worked really, really hard at a company, and because of politics and because of some other things that were going on at the company, you were passed over a promotion and it was given to someone else that was maybe less deserving than you. You're going to continue to trust him? You're going to have this unshakable trust in the character of God? When you've done everything you could in a marriage, and you've stayed faithful, and you've forgiven, and you've worked, and the marriage is struggling, You're going to stay faithful? You're going to continue to obey? When your dreams don't work out, every one of us has a decision to make in life when things are not perfect. When you've done everything you could, to parent some kids and they rebel and they hurt you. Don't stay faithful? You're going to believe in the character and the trust of God and what he says about that situation? We are called to walk by faith not by sight our community and the world needs to see and people that you work with need to see people that regardless of the circumstances, regardless of the situations, regardless of things being less than perfect, they need to see Christ's followers that continue to stay faithful, continue to obey, continue to believe that he exists and he diligently what the Greek says, and he diligently rewards those who follow him on his timetable and not theirs. There is a next step for every one of us in this room. Genesis chapter twelve one, Moses. Uh, Abraham, we're talking about Abraham. Moses <laughs> Genesis chapter 12, 1, Abraham, go to a land that I will show you. Genesis chapter 22, take your son Isaac. There is always a next step for Abraham. And guess what? There is always a next step in the Christian life. I don't know what your next step is. Your next step may be your first step, which is accepting him and asking him to come into your life. Your next step may be, you know what, I've done that. I've accepted him. Your next step may be baptism and say, I need to follow him in believers' baptism. The first week of, of December, we're, we're baptizing again and you could let us know about that on a connect card. Your next step may be, you know what, I need to follow, find a life group. I need to find a place of ministry. I need, you know what, I need to start reading his word daily and I need to just apply it to his life. Your next step may be, you know what, I've been procrastinating about having a hard conversation with someone or sitting down and making a decision or talking to someone. You know what, I don't know what your next step is, but here's what I do know. Every one of us in this room has a next step to take. And I'm confident that God has already communicated that to you. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me? Let me ask you, what is God saying to you as a result of this message? What decision does God want you to make? How does God want you to respond to this message? things less than perfect in your life, you may just need to make a commitment and say, God, regardless of the circumstances, regardless of the situation, I'm, making a, I'm drawing a line in the sand. That's why Joshua said, for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. I don't care what everybody else does, but for me and my house, we're serving God. Maybe your next step is trusting him at a higher level maybe you're walking through an illness and you've gotten some bad news and maybe your next step is God I know this world is shakable and my foundations have crumbled a little bit but I'm making a commitment right now I'm trusting you Maybe you're going through a difficulty in a relationship. I don't know what it is. But have you ever thought God may have you at this point in time in your life so you would find out that he is faithful and he is good? I learned that in the valleys of my life, not the mountaintop experiences. In just a few minutes, I'm going to pray. And after I pray, we're going to stand. And I'm going to invite some of you that... Boy, you know you need prayer. God's already committed that, com- communicated that to you. And so, when we stand I'm, after I pray, just going to invite you to come down the aisles, and we prayer partners will be coming with you. We'll have prayer partners here. Just tell them your name and how they could pray for you. You may be like Abraham, and you know it may be a good thing, and you're just trying to discern out what is your next step and what does God have for you. And for those of you that are in our overflow room, the pastors in that room will guide you of how you can respond uh, to Him. There's a step for each one of us to take this morning.